Welcome back, Chat Matters. Today is our second episode of Chat Men, and today we have an extremely exciting episode with Mr. Sohil Parmar from Nova South Southeastern University. And he is currently a junior and undergrad, and he's doing the BSDO program. So here we're joined with our panel with Nepore and Ryan. So if you guys would please introduce yourselves. Hi, so my name is Ryan Singh. I'm currently a sophomore in high school, and I'm here with my other host, Nepore Shah. Can you please introduce yourself? Hello everyone, my name is Naporsha and I'm also a junior in high school currently. And now for Mr. Parmar, would you please introduce yourself? Yeah, so as, a, uh, as uh, Rohan kindly said, I'm a junior in my undergrad. Uh, so I'm a major in public health uh, with minors in biology, uh, honors transdisciplinary studies and uh, pre-health. Uh, and I'm in the eight year uh, dual admissions DO program at Nova Southeastern University. Wow, I'm extremely excited to hear your perspective on the medical journey and yours is obviously an uh, interesting one. And, um, and let's get started. So for the uh, first um, question, we know that DO and MD are little, they're pretty much the same thing. So my question for you would be, did you have like a difference in learning the doctor of osteopathic medicine and uh, allopathic medicine on in your network? Right, so... Um... As I'm still an undergrad, I haven't actually gotten into uh, the actual learning portion of uh, taking those different courses. Uh, but from what I understand is uh, with allopathic and osteopathic, um, during those, especially those first two years, we we're doing a lot of learning in, uh, in medical school. You are doing a lot of the similar types of coursework uh, with just a slight difference in uh, the school of thought of how you approach treating a patient. Uh, so allopathic, you generally have more of a direct diagnosis uh, in trying to treat a patient's ailments. Uh, whereas an osteopathic, it's um, the especially the buzzword is uh, taking the holistic approach. Uh, so for that, you're looking into all of the uh, parts of the body into account, uh, trying to figure out what the root cause is, and then creating a diagnosis and treatment from there. Uh, actually, one major difference between uh, osteopathic and allopathic uh, that really um, I thought was important to learn about is it's called osteopathic manipulative treatment. Uh, it's also known as uh, osteopathic manipulative medicine. Uh, so you'll hear those two interchangeably. Um, but essentially what this is, is that you use uh, physical, so physical types of treatment where you're using your hands to apply pressure and force uh, to specific parts of the body to treat uh, some ailments, which is usually gonna be musculoskeletal things. Um, you can actually do a little bit of uh, uh, neurological stuff with that as well. Um, but I thought that this is something, especially with my public health background, I think this is a great way to introduce access to care um, to a lot of people who may not be able to uh, afford more expensive medical treatments. Um, so this is something that really uh, brought me towards DO uh, and something that I think is uh, very interesting and important to learn about. Thank you so much for that great um, in-depth response, Mr. Parmar. Definitely very informative, um, looking at the different key differences um, between osteopathic and allopathic medicine, not only in the learning environment, but also the bigger impact you're creating on the community and towards your patients. So, I'm curious to know, what were some specific experiences you have had that led you to pursue DO instead of MD? Or in general, just what caused that spark of interest? Right, so um, again, I, I have a, uh, I'm studying public health right now and that's, and from high school, that's something I wanted to pursue uh, in addition to going into medicine. Uh, so I kind of had that uh, mentality of, uh, you can't just treat, I, I don't wanna be just treating individual patients throughout my career. I wanna do something that can help a greater amount of people. Uh, and with public health, you also have to take a holistic approach in how you're treating populations. 
I think that car carries over very nicely into uh, medicine with uh, osteopathic medicine, uh, where you're looking at um, the holistic approach into treating patients. That's not to say though that uh, allopaths, uh, MDs wouldn't be doing the same. Uh, any good doctor will be taking into account of all the factors going into it. Um, so really either approach you take, uh, you can uh, do this, that sort of thing and uh, treat your patients effectively. However, I think just with Dio, uh, and the reason why I'm doing that is that it kind of lenses up to that very well. Um, so during my time in undergrad, especially, I've had a lot of um, interactions with uh, DOs and working with uh, doctors who, uh, who have DOs. Uh, so just learning from their perspective and working with them, I think that's really solidified with me going towards this uh, path for right now. Um, although I am open to doing MDRDO um, going forward. It's whichever whichever paths open up best for me is essentially what I'm going to be uh, ultimately going for. Thank you again for that great answer. And I like it how you're passionate in both schools, actually. And I like it how um, your program allows you to apply to these uh, other schools, too. Exactly. So um, my, my question, personally, is knowing that there's so many specialties in the medical field and healthcare field, right? Um, I wanted to ask, of course, your undergrad, but from your network, um, does going to a DO school or MD school um, influence the specialty path you pick um, when, after med school? due to the different curriculums you were taught? Right, so um, with MDs and DOs, uh, actually the residencies are together between uh, both of the degree types. Uh, and you'll be learning, uh, when, sorry, when you're doing your rotations uh, in the last two years of medical school, uh, you'll still have the same core, um, core types of uh, rotation. So you'll be going through like internal medicine, surgery, uh, psychiatry. So you'll still be going through uh, very similar types of things. So uh, whichever path you decide to take, uh, you can actually have access to both and be able to choose whichever specialty you want. Um, personally, actually uh, going into high school. So I went to a uh, medical magnet high school, uh, which I, at the time, actually, I wasn't so keen on. I actually wanted to be an engineer. Um, and then I slowly warmed up to medicine and then I really felt passionate about medicine and public health. Um, but one of the specialties that really stuck out to me that kind of helped me along that path uh, was, um, orthopedics, especially orthopedic surgery. Uh, so that's something that, uh, specialty that I want to do. And uh, so when I'm looking at medical schools, uh, I'd, I would make sure that they have access and um, they'll be able to help me in that process of getting towards orthopedics. And both DO and MD schools will actually help with that. Uh, so I've worked with, um, and, or I've shadowed a orthopedic surgeon actually who was an MD and I've worked with one uh, who was a DO. So you can go either way with that. Thank you again for that well-put answer. And I also am very interested in orthopedic surgery due to me playing sports. And somehow yeah. I, it's like weird, <laughs> but I'm very fascinated with these gruesome injuries too in orthopedic. Yeah. So uh, I'm very interested in that too. So if everyone, if, if our panel is ready, you're ready to go on topic two guys? Yeah. All right. So our next topic is basically finding the right schools, knowing that you're in a BSDO program. We wanted to ask like some questions like how, you pick the right school for you. Of, co of course, you um, you apply and get into like uh, multiple of these colleges or programs, right? But we wanted to ask, when you get in, how do you know which one is right for you? So my first question is, knowing that college is difficult, of course, and when soon to be going to medical school is going to be um, difficult with like a lot of courses in that, but possible with all the hard work. I wanted to ask, what are some resources that are available at your school or your, that your program gives you that, been, that has been helping you with your journey? 
Yeah, um, so there are a lot of different resources you'll have both in high school and in undergrad. Um, so in undergrad, actually, I'm gonna give a little bit of a biased answer first. So uh, there's uh, pre-medical societies you'll find in most, uh, most undergraduate programs. Uh, so I'm actually on the executive board for the pre-med society at my school. Uh, so that's so why I'm gonna be kind of a large proponent for that. Um, but I think these, these groups really, really help you uh, along the pre-med track. Um, the whole point of them is that they link you to resources uh, and opportunities um, to actually guide you along the right path, making sure you're hitting the right milestones uh, throughout your undergraduate career. And then also a lot, a lot of times they'll bring you face-to-face uh, -face with medical school admissions teams. Uh, so with this, this allows you to ask whatever questions you have and get the perspective from the actual admissions team so you know what they're looking for and you can kind of shape your uh, career to fit in, uh, fit into that. Then also you'll have uh, academic and career advisors. So these people, they have seen so many people going through uh, the exact path that you'll be going through. So they, they have a lot of information. They know uh, what courses you need to be taking when, uh, they know essentially everything that, roughly what you should be doing to get along the right path. And they'll keep you in track with that. So. It's important, I'd say at least once a year, if not once a semester, or really you should be doing once a semester or more uh, where you meet with them and they're great people to talk to uh, and keep you along with that. Uh, another thing are professors. So especially the first year, you're gonna, probably gonna be a little bit intimidated saying like actually going up to talk to professors. Uh, I know I was, most people are, but um, especially when you're at a smaller school uh, like NSU, you get a lot of, more individual attention from the professors. Um, so they will definitely help you out a lot. Uh, they're very friendly. You just need to just have a little bit of bravery and talk to them essentially. But again, they've also seen a lot of people uh, who've gone through the path and they can offer you advice, uh, give you opportunities and also uh, letter recommendations are important when you're applying to graduate school. So they help you with that. Then another thing, uh, less academic and more personal uh, resource I think you should take advantage of is uh, making sure you keep up with your mental health and making sure that uh, you, you're you not getting overwhelmed. Uh, so most most uh, universities will have some sort of um, uh, program where you can get face-to-face -face with an advisor or a counselor or something like that. Um, so at NSU specifically, we have, it's called uh, the Henderson. Uh, so with that, you can have a certain amount of free appointments per semester. Uh, so if you ever are feeling that you need to speak to somebody, then you always have that available to you. Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much for covering the various um, different ways that you can actually utilize those resources, mental health, advising. Um, those were really great ways to touch on. And uh, similar to me, um, I'm a junior. I'm soon going to be applying to colleges. And those are actually some very key things I look forward to, even like getting involved in groups and really connecting with other people and actually um, increasing your learning experience with others too. So I'm also interested to know um, what factors do you personally suggest students should pay most attention to when applying to college and just finding their true best fit? Okay, so first I'll talk about applying to undergraduate universities and then I can also touch upon uh, medical schools as well. Uh, so when you're looking for undergrad, um, so specifically if you do know that you wanna go into medicine, uh, the first thing you can look for is if they offer a seven or eight year program, uh, which sounds kind of obvious, but not all schools will have that. So it's important to know uh, if they have that option available to you. And then a lot of schools also will have the option to within your first or second year that you can apply into these programs. 
so that's something to keep in mind um, so that even if you decide, okay, maybe I don't want to fully commit to a seven year right now, you'll still have that option after your first year uh, to apply into it and still be a part of that program. Uh, then you want to look at if your university is associated with a medical school. Uh, so if, if it is, uh, that'll offer you a lot of help uh, with getting uh, opportunities and exposure to med students, uh, professors in medical schools and other kinds of opportunities like that. Like at NSU, uh, actually um, through the public health program, I went on a trip to uh, India. Uh, so during that, uh, which was, I could go on and on about that experience if uh, you wanna get into that later. But um, with that, actually I worked uh, and I translated for uh, the doctors and medical students uh, who went on that trip. Uh, so with that, like I got to see exactly what they're doing. And since I was a translator, I understood from both sides what was going on from uh, what the doctor wanted to ask and what the patient was saying. So I, I think that's a really good experience to have and something to look out for in uh, undergraduate schools. And then you also wanna look at uh, what kind of facilities do they have? Uh, specifically, you wanna look at the science department. Um, some schools will definitely, you, you can tell that when they're putting in more money and more emphasis on the science departments. So they'll have really nice research labs and they'll have good equipment and lots of professors for that. Um, so you definitely want to make make sure that uh, if you are going towards medicine that they have all of this available to you. And then going off of that with research, um, that's something that you'll hear a lot about it where, and you might get some tension about, okay, I have to like figure out a way to do research. Uh, some schools make it really, really easy for you to get into it and make it uh, approachable. So that's something to keep in mind. And uh, when you are doing your interviews or uh, talking to uh, admissions counselors, you want to be asking what, how, how will they accommodate research for you and um, what they do for you to make sure um, you have the opportunities that you want available to you. Then obviously uh, you can check all of these boxes, but you also just want to make sure that the feel of the school is right for you. Uh, if you do go on your college visits, which is, I know it's kind of hard to do right now because of COVID, um, but uh, you, you just want to get a sense like talking to students there or watching videos of campus life see if this is a place that you feel comfortable going to uh, and something that you'd feel like that's like the right environment for you to not only push yourself to do better, but also that uh, you feel secure and you can feel poised that you'll be able to do uh, your best while you're there. So some, uh, getting, getting the right feel, even if there may be a better university uh, that has more things there, if you're not feeling comfortable, you may not actually do your best while you're there. Uh, so I think that's, it's important to keep your uh, mental health good while you're at university. And then obviously uh, looking at financial aid, you want to make sure the school is affordable and how, how what different types of financial aid that they offer. Uh, I will go into uh, briefly touch upon what to look into for medical school. Uh, I know a lot of your viewers are still in high school, but uh, as they go through the steps, eventually they'll get to this point where they're looking at uh, medical schools as I am right now. Uh, so one of the most important things you want to look for is where the students from that school are matching. So since I know I wanna go into uh, orthopedics, I'll, that's the main thing that I'm looking at, uh, looking into is saying, how many of the students actually are going to orthopedic residencies after uh, completing uh, their medical school? Uh, then you also wanna look at how well the students are doing in the USMLE board exam, which, so that's the three-step exam. Uh, and so you wanna look at their pass rate. So generally above uh, 85, 90%, then that's perfect. Uh, that's what you wanna be looking for. Cause this gives you a good sense of how well they're actually uh, preparing you for uh, one, the exam obviously, but also for how well they're preparing you to actually be a doctor later on uh, in your career. 
Um, then also same thing with uh, undergraduate, you want to make sure it has the right feel and has a type of learning environment that's collaborative. Um, so some schools would be very cutthroat and very uh, competitive, which at least for me, I don't think that that's a great way to learn. I think that's uh, increased a lot of pressures on you. It's not the best way to get the best out of yourself. Um, and then finally, and I know we all don't want to think about it, but you need to look at what kind of scores you're getting. So the three big scores you're going to be looking for are cumulative GPA, your science GPA, and then your MCAT score. Uh, so there are free resources that you can find to find uh, what kind of averages uh, the medical schools accept for each of these. Uh, if you do want to go for a paid service, um, AAMC offers something called MSAR, uh, which is Medical School Admissions Requirements. Um, so this offers really detailed information about it, uh, which this is optional. I think it's like $30 or something like that. Um, so it's not too expensive, but you don't have to follow it. But if you do get that, it gives you really, really detailed breakdown of all the information. Um, so I think that covers uh, generally what you should be looking for in undergrad and med school. Uh, if there's anything specific, I can get, go back into it. Yeah, I think that was a great answer. And uh, for our viewers, I definitely recommend that you should uh, rewind and take down because he gave very, very, uh, personally, I'm writing this down too, um, a lot of key points that I'm going to use myself in the future. So I want to thank you for that as well. So I know you touched on this a little bit earlier um, about how you were deciding for uh, DO and MD. So what, what can students apply in their own lives uh, to see, hey, is um, osteopathic application of medicine better, than, uh, better for me as a student rather than allopathic? Right, so I think the most important thing for that, and then uh, I know we're going to talk about some extracurriculars uh, curriculars later on as well, uh, but one of the most important things I think is to shadow or to actually talk with uh, doctors uh, and get a sense of uh, how they feel about um, treating patients and how they apply what they learn from medical school. Uh, so getting, it is a little bit hard to get face-to-face -face with both an MD and a DO, uh, but if you can, I think that's the best way uh, absolutely to um, get a sense of what might be better for you. Then also just looking into reading up on your own, um, what doctors may have said, like in different forms or, uh, what the different basis of, uh, DO and MDR. And then, um, yeah, I think that, that generally covers it. Um, a lot of it is doing reading, uh, even like you will have to take some extra time outside of school hours to look into it, but I think if you do uh, read into it and research and like no matter what field they're going into uh, medical or not uh, just you should spend time reading up about what you want to go into uh, so you get a good sense of exactly what you are about to uh, essentially take on. Yeah I 100% agree with that like you said reading is the best way you can kind of grasp um, and all, like shadowing is also very good but um, it's very limited opportunities to work with these different professionals. So um, there's no like surplus of, you cannot never read too much. That's what I personally believe. So uh, like you said, we're gonna move on to a little bit of the academics and extracurriculars. So um, like you said, uh, shadowing and um, shadowing is pretty essential as a student aspiring to go into medicine, we need that. So do you know like uh, what steps you took to kind of Get the uh, get, land those shadowing spots in different hospitals or volunteer, uh, volunteering there. Could you like give a little bit a uh, brief overview on uh, what, what steps you took? Yeah, uh, so uh, some people obviously will have more connections than others. That's only 
natural in it. So those people who are lucky enough to have a lot of connections, just, uh, like if your family knows uh, some doctors, like family, friends like that, uh, just shoot them a text, say like, hey, I'm thinking about going to medicine. Um, would it be okay with you if I come shadow you for uh, certainly at least a few hours or uh, just talk to you, pick your brain about how you feel about this kind of things. Uh, don't be afraid to like just send out cold emails or send out uh, texts just out of the blue about it. Uh, definitely don't be shy because, you know, people aren't going to just come to you and say like, hey, come shadow me. Like you'll have to go out of your way to go and find these opportunities. So yeah, even if you don't have connections, I think the best way, really easy way to start is uh, talk to your own primary care physician, say like, uh, you know, I, I am, I do want to go into this at some point. Like, is it okay if I shadow you or one of your coworkers at some point? Uh, another thing that I did was um, I shadowed my dentist uh, and then also my, uh, ortho, uh, my orthodontist. Um, so even though those aren't, that's a slightly different field, but uh, again, they will, they may know somebody who may, um, uh, be more in line with what you're looking for. And then also, I think uh, just shadowing lots of different types of uh, specialties, uh, that gives you a really good idea because you may, you never know. You may find out that, okay, I really like dentistry. So then you may switch from medical school to looking to uh, dentistry school. Uh, some other extracurriculars you can do, especially while uh, you're an undergrad, uh, that you can look into is volunteering at a hospital. So again, right now during COVID, it is a little bit hard to find these extracurriculars and Trust me, I feel the same way. I'm, I'm trying to find uh, some uh, clinical extracurriculars for myself, but it's not the easiest. Um, but during normal times, try to find uh, volunteering in a hospital is a really, really good way. Uh, you will see a lot of different things when you're in a hospital and you may even get a little bit of patient interaction, which is, that's the best way to learn uh, if medicine is right for you. Uh, you can also look into EMS, which is emergency medical services. Uh, so you would start off as a cadet if you're under 18. Uh, which uh, most high schools will be. So you'll start off as a cadet. So you'll take some courses, uh, you'll get some certifications such as basic life support and uh, uh, CPR training. So this is actually, that'll look really, really good in your resume. And since it's uh, emergency medical services, you'll see like some, like essentially the most extreme stuff. Uh, so if you, even like after seeing all that kind of stuff, if you're still into it, then I think that's a great way to know like, okay, medicine is for me. Uh, and then just generally talk talk to people in and around the field. So it doesn't just have to be doctors. You can also talk to like PAs, uh, which is physician assistants, and talk to nurses, uh, health aides, uh, all these kinds of people there work in and around the field. So they'll have a good idea and they can give you a sense of if this is right for you. Thank you for that really um, great response. You're just touching on the different ways you can get involved. Personally, I have shadowed and also I've been I've also been in CPR training too. It was actually a really great experience to like get involved hands-on, um, whether you're using like um, different objects and things like that. So it was really great to have that learning experience to like help boost my interest in medicine too. So another thing that I'm actually interested to know is what are your thoughts on burnout? And could you provide some advice for our listeners on how to avoid or actually navigate away from it earlier on by recognizing those factors? Yeah, actually, I, I can definitely speak on burnout. I felt some myself. Uh, I, I just took the MCAT, uh, so definitely a, definitely a difficult period. Um, to be honest, with going into medicine and pre-med, uh, it is a really difficult track. Uh, so you will probably, at some point or another, you will feel nearer to burning out or you may burn out yourself. Um, so it is important to know, as Nupur was saying, uh, 
that you should like take the steps to kind of avoid it or and keep yourself feeling well and doing your best. Um, so absolutely one thing that I do uh, that I think is super, super important is having a checklist or just taking down notes for what you're gonna do. Um, so at, you don't have to do very strictly like, okay, uh, this day I'm gonna do this, this day I'm gonna do this essentially. But I think roughly at the beginning of each month, just kind of figure out or at the beginning of each week, just say like, okay, this is what I wanna do this week. Here are the assignments that I have from school. Um, here's what's going on with my extracurriculars and just get a rough idea of what's going to happen. Now, what I really recommend is in the beginning of the day or at the end of the day, um, just write down like, okay, tomorrow I want to make sure that I accomplish this. I finish this assignment um, and I, whatever else you need to get done that day. Um, writing things down because I know, especially when I was in high school, I used to think, oh, yeah, I'll just remember it. It'll just come back to me. I um, don't have to worry about it, but that's kind of how you can fall behind sometimes. So I think writing things down is super important. Then also journaling. Um, I know some the, some people may think, oh, I don't want to have a diary or anything like that, but don't think of it like that. Just think of it as a way to vent out your feelings or just uh, write whatever's on your mind. So the way I keep my journal is I just, no, no filters at all. I just write down exactly what's going through my mind, even if it's like, doesn't make any sense at all. Just, just write it down. And I think that's a really great way just to, get out any like pent up feelings that you may have. Um, and you don't have to do it every day. I usually will only do it like when I'm getting really stressed out or I'm not feeling so great that day, then I, that's usually when I end up journaling. Um, but I think that's a great thing to do. Uh, don't, don't let any stigma stop you from doing it. Um, journaling, I think is a great, great thing to continue not only now, but also later on in your career when you're an adult. Um, and then also most importantly, you have to find the time to do the things you enjoy. There are a lot of things you have to juggle as a student because it's not just what you're doing in school, um, but you still have to always find time to balance things out and uh, figure out when you can have some fun. So like for me, uh, me and my friends, we're, we're a bit nerdy, so we like to play our video games and all that. So at least once a week, uh, we all get together for a few hours and we'll play video games together. Uh, doesn't matter how busy we get, we make the time for it. And I think that's absolutely great. Um, also, when I was in Florida, uh, which where my school is, there's a lot of rich people there with uh, lots of expensive cars. And so like, me and my friends are gearheads. We love our cars. Uh, so when, whenever they are having their car shows and meets like that with their Lambos and Ferraris, we'll go drive down to Miami and go check that out. It's always a lot, a lot of fun. Um, so doing things like that just to keep you feeling great, like some that like when you think back in your time in undergrad or high school, like, oh, yeah, I remember when we went and did that, like, that's the kind of things that uh, will keep you happy and kind of keep the burnout away. Then also uh, exercise is super, super important, which I know a lot of people think like, okay, like you may get lazy. I, I used to be pretty lazy about it, um, but exercise is super important for a number of reasons. I'm not gonna like profess about all the different things because I'm sure everyone's heard it before. Um, but I think especially since we are going to medicine, uh, we should live by what we're preaching. And then also, uh, since exercise has so many benefits, uh, not only physically, but also mentally. So I think you should try to make it into something fun. Uh, so, uh, right now, obviously COVID we're all stuck inside. So it's a little bit harder, uh, to do this. Um, I don't recommend that you meet up with people. Uh, but like during normal times, uh, my friends, at least like a couple of times we would meet up, play basketball or play soccer. Um, also we, we got into lifting weights. So when you're at university, you probably have a gym like right there for you. 
so we would make that into kind of like hanging out like we'd go uh, lift weights together we'd be talking having fun like and then we'd go and get dinner together afterwards uh so even during like a busy week that kind of exercise hits a lot of things like you're hanging out with your friends you're getting keeping yourself healthy and that's a, you're getting your mind off of all like the stresses of uh your day-to-day life uh, in university yeah thank you again for that great answer and um I totally agree with the exercise part because I when I started exercise like when I was in eighth grade and seventh grade I didn't used to exercise that much but then I joined like the football team in my high school and then I got in a habit of exercising then I started to lose weight and then like losing weight not even losing weight felt that felt amazing too right but also getting that pump in I had that pump in I guess yeah no I mean that's what it's called man it's called the pump but I feel the same way actually I used to be um I used to be pretty overweight. I started playing soccer and I, I lost it. Like you feel great physically, but then also mentally you feel a lot better about yourself. And I, I think it's absolutely great. Yeah. To get so into like, yeah, I agree. Like getting that pump in before like the day starts, you just get that energy somehow. <laughs> um, so that's why, that's why I feel like even though it's a uh, hard, I, I think the balance is very important too. like spending time with that, your friends, uh, like they say, laughter and happiness. Um, laughter is like the best medicine, right? So you need that in your life. So that, um, that's what I think in the work-life balance. I totally agree with everything you said. So my question um, is, so from your network, you might know some people that have taken gap years. So I wanted to ask, like, what are gap years? Some people take it before applying to medical schools, multiple ga- like gap years or just a gap year itself or and some people just take a gap year before applying to college. So I wanted to ask, like, what are these gap years and how do people utilize these uh, this time? Yeah, so uh, gap year or gap years, that's just any amount of time they're taking uh, between going to different schools. Uh, so you will see a lot of people will take at least uh, one gap year after undergrad uh, before they go to a master's program or medical school, uh, whatever graduate school it might be. Um, so essentially what this time is, is, um, let's say like during your undergrad, you may not feel you're ready yet to go to a graduate school. Uh, then you can take this gap year to, in order to better prepare yourself um, and get your resume better. Uh, so the most important thing to do during a gap year is not to waste this time. Uh, you will have a lot more time since you aren't actually taking uh, so many classes. Um, so you, it is really important to keep yourself busy during it. And then uh, I think you should be actively seeking uh, some sort of work experience or uh, internship or shadowing in whatever field that you want to go into. Uh, and then also continue with uh, any other extracurriculars you might be doing. Like if you were part of, uh, for example, I, I do a lot of work with the American Red Cross. Um, so I, if I took a gap year, I'd continue uh, volunteering with them and continue with uh, the organization. Um, and then if you, some people will take a gap year, uh, let's say they feel that they're not ready for the MCAT yet. Uh, usually you'll take that during your junior year or your senior year. Um, but let's say you're not ready for it, then you can take that gap year and really spend a lot of time studying for it and making sure you're absolutely ready for it and take, get the best school you possibly can. Um, and then I think something to keep in mind if you do plan doing a gap year at some point is to continue uh, reviewing all of your coursework. Uh, just to stay sharp on it and so that way you're knowledgeable about it. So when you do eventually start your uh, grad school or uh, your undergrad, uh, whichever school, uh, you're ready just to hit the ground running and get right into it. 
Thank you again for another great answer. Um, so I think we're ending off right here. So I wanted to say uh, thank you so much, Mr. Parmar. You inspired many of our listeners today and us, me personally too, right? You gave great tips and advice we can use for the future. So before we end off, is there like one key takeaway or one like, uh, let's just say quote, you want to give our listeners to um, they can utilize for the future? Uh, I'm going to be pretty cheesy and basic, but I'll say whatever uh, path you choose to go for, uh, make sure it's something you're passionate about, something that you're willing to not only work for, uh, but like put in that extra time, like outside of school hours that like, that's something you're actually interested in reading more about or uh, working with people in that field. Um, no matter what you do, you're gonna have to put in the work. Uh, so just make sure it's something that you enjoy doing. So it doesn't feel like it's work. It's something that uh, you're having fun with doing. And then I also just want to say thank you guys for having me on. It was great. And uh, yeah, feel free to uh, hit me up again if you ever need any advice or anything. Yeah. yeah de- Sorry, Rohan. Yeah, definitely. Um, you gave great advice and uh, spending a lot of time with us trying to educate and s- inspire more people is uh, something that we are pretty much in debt to you for. So once again, thank you for that. And uh, now uh, I, for, for our listeners, you also can take these uh, advice that we've uh, he's kindly given to everyone and apply it into your own life and see the changes. Like for me, uh, a lot of the stuff was like balancing. I'm gonna try to uh, implement that instead of like trying to study, 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 try to find an imbalance. So I'm sure everybody else also has stuff like that. So uh, Ryan, sorry to cut you off there. No, no, you're good. So I like per- perfect timing because uh, we wanna give some motivation before we ended real quick, each of us from the panel. So Ron, may you please start? Yeah, so I, I usually say um, life's like a trampoline, right? It's not how hard you jump. It's all about like bouncing back, right? I think uh, Mr. Palmer, you mentioned about uh, when you're going in the low, you have to like kind of work hard remember, uh, in like a little bit earlier in the episode. So same way, um, it's just about hard work and how you prep yourself to bounce back on the trampoline so you can end up going higher. Absolutely. At some point or another, you will have... Uh, you will do something, come across something really hard and you may not do the best, but as long as you can bounce back and keep putting your best work forward, you'll do great. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And similar to what Rowan said, I also deeply believe that with the right focus and dedication you put in each day in order to fulfill like not only your dreams, but also those goals in the end, that's simply going to give you the life you've always wanted and work towards. And I think that's something very important going into the future. Yeah, thank you, um, Napoor. And like, I same thing, cheesy, but I like to say it too. Um, it's like you remember, like um, the Rocky movies, uh, Rocky Balboa. He, there's a scene where he told some person, "You always get back up. You fight back. You always fight. Um, you get back, get even stronger, and fight those bumps." And then, of course, there's always gonna be bumps in the journey, but you're gonna keep on finding those bumps to be even more smarter. And of course, there's going to be more mistakes, but all these mistakes are just going to keep on making you smarter and smarter so you don't have make those mistakes again, right? So again, thank you everyone for coming today. Like I like I like to say, there's 24 hours a day. You spend like an hour with us um, helping and everything. So before we end, just please check out Let's Go Learning um, to learn about, more about what our organization is and what we do. And please tell us how this episode was and any future topics you would like us to discuss uh, by liking, disliking, commenting, or DMing us on Instagram, right? So, and please stay tuned for future episodes where we're going to be talking to um, doctors, uh, other med students, and um, 
um, college counselors and many other uh, fields other than the medical and healthcare field, right? And that was really it. So I just want to say thank you again, Mr. Parmar. We ho all hope the best for you with your medical journey and medical, um, yeah, your medical journey. And I just want to tell everyone to have a great day and please work hard to achieve those goals you have. And yeah, just have a great day, guys.